Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mavs podcast. This is your host, Will. I am joined here in his newly fully Wi-Fi house with, by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Um, so today, we're going to be getting into some really cool topics. First off, can Luka Doncic win MVP this year? It's been yes. kind of staged the last two years. Um, he's been in and out of the conversations, you know, he's kind of got to some slow starts in each year, uh, both in the 2021, 22 season and the, uh, 2020, 2021 season, but Luke is looking in good shape so far from pictures we've seen this summer. Can this be the year he wins MVP? We'll go through all of that today. And if we get a little extra time, we'll look into who takes a step in the rotation between Frank Nitlikina and Josh Green, because uh, one of those guys taking a step for the Mavs would be huge. But before we get into all that, here is a brief ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jaron. So just off the top of your head, what general markers, you know, we're going to run through a lot of them here, but any general markers come to mind in terms of what you think Luka Doncic has to do to win MVP this season? Uh, I mean, I think this year was, or this last year was probably the best odds he had at winning MVP. And he really didn't even put a full campaign together. It was a little rocky start, if you remember, just on the Mavs part. Uh, and then of course, as the year went, everything kind of smoothed out. Um, but even back to that 2019, 20 season, uh, I think that was probably the best campaign that we've seen from Luca in terms of MVP running. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we just need to see more balance around his game in total. I think we're going to see more of a defensive package this year, especially with a full off season with Jason Kidd, uh, after that Western conference run. Um, but yeah, I think we're just going to see a more all around Luca. I think he's going to have better players that score around him or that are able to score. Uh, we're going to see Christian Wood in the mix, of course, and JaVale McGee and see how those pan out with Luca. I think the assist numbers might run up a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the b- bottom line is he has more weapons to, I guess, facilitate more. So I think we're going to see higher numbers in terms of percentages. I agree. Um, you know, losing Jalen Brunson as a playmaker, and as of right now, the Mavericks have obviously not addressed getting another playmaker in the mix. I think that's definitely going to – you know, have make him shoulder a little bit more of the weight. Um, but coming into better shape can definitely tend to that a little bit in terms of, you know, his readiness in that aspect. Um, but I do agree from the standpoint that he's going to have, I think, you know, just given the Christian, Christian Wood and JaVale McGee acquisition, just from those two alone, I think that gives Luca um, more options to go to on offense. Agreed, yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know if that necessarily takes the weight off of him because, you know, it's not another playmaker who's able to, you know, shot create and facilitate. So, you know, we'll get into this a little bit, but, you know, talking about like Luca off ball, um, Luca had a 37.4% usage rate um, last year. Was, was that highest in the league? It, I didn't check, but I, it had to have been like top. Three, I think I at least all that much. And 
I think he needs to get that number down anywhere from about 32 to 35. Now, I don't really know if that's realistic given the current construct of the Mavericks roster. Yeah. But I think Luca taking a step off ball um, in terms of, you know, and this comes from the coaching staff too, being able to put him in this position, you know, having plays for him where he's, you know, engaged as a screen setter, um, you know, working as the role man, certain scenarios with Din, uh, Dinwiddie possibility that would open up so much for, uh, more for his game, in my opinion, because, you know, he already does so much just at, you know, ISOing at the top of the key uh, and from the wing, like, I feel like that just has a whole nother like accountability aspect um, to it in terms of how hard he would be to guard if the Mavericks would um, set some of that stuff up. Now, I don't know necessarily how, like I said, I don't know how feasible that is given the current roster construction of the Mavericks, but I think, um, you know, maybe that wouldn't necessarily lead to Luca's numbers changing but if he was able to do that I certainly think that you know his field goal percentage for instance and just his effectiveness his effective field goal percentage that would all go up a little bit in my opinion and help his case in my opinion if he was able to um just at least find something off ball and be a contributor in that aspect because as we've seen in years previous there's been a lot of times where if somebody else is handling the ball Luke is just standing in the corner, really not doing much, not setting down screens for anybody, you know? So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Like really everything you said is going to kind of depend on Spencer Dinwiddie uh, and whoever that bench role or bench uh, point guard is going to be off the bench. Um, I I think a huge part of that, of what you just said about Luca becoming off ball is just going to depend on how Dinwiddie does in the system. I agree. Uh, he's getting a full year now, a full off season, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so this could be Spencer Dinwiddie's best career or best uh, year in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like there's there's answers to that. Uh, there's levels to that. Uh, will Spencer Dinwiddie be the Jalen Brunson? No, uh, I don't think any of us should expect that. But could he take a little bit of usage off? Luca, like we need him to, and that's what we're hoping him to do. Uh, and that, in that case, I think would help Luca tremendously in case of what we're talking about right now with his MVP conversation. Uh, like it, it's just going to be a huge part of whether or not Luca is touching the ball. Would you say 37% of every, every 30, possession? Or Yeah. Uh, so the usage rate was 37.4%. So I don't know exactly I think is it yeah based on like possessions yeah out of what every 100 possessions you know he is initiating the offense essentially I believe that's how that works you know I have to look that up for sure to get the actual like standard definition of usage rate but I'm pretty sure that that's how that works okay all right well bottom line is even you said it like that number needs to go down and it's going to kind of depend on Spencer did we yes no I mean I think you know for sure um and it sounds like almost ludicrous to be like, oh, well, um, why would his usage rate need to go down? Because there's always the argument of, you know, oh, this guy has a higher usage rate. So blah, blah, blah. He should win uh, MVP because he's carrying more of a load for that for his team. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you've got a guy with, like Jokic, you know, he thrives off of um, 
offense yes. flowing through him and strictly offense him. flowing through him and the ball moving and things of that nature. And I definitely don't think, you know, I'd have to go look this up. I'm gonna when, when was LeBron's first MVP? That would have been – Is that 2006? Yeah. I have to look that up. So, yeah. Um, Jokic's um, usage rate significantly lower than um, Luka's. I don't have it pulled up. So, yeah. Like, the reason why I bring up LeBron is because I feel like if anybody would relate a season to this, it would kind of be that Cavalier season where it's just all through one guy. Yeah. No, that, that is another argument, like, oh, if Luca just carries. But I, I don't – even so, like, even with losing Brunson, I don't even know if that Mavs team is – I, I think they have a better roster than that Cavs team. But I, I no. 100% agree. But. Yeah. Um, but, no, Djokic's uh, usage rate last year was 30.9%. Uh, and the year before, it was 295 So, I mean, that's a pretty significant margin in terms of um, how less it is than Luca's. And, yeah, you know, and I and yeah, the official definition is um, how many possessions, you know, you're essentially like controlling the possession, you know, run the offense through you in the sense of like you're either, you know, creating the shot or um, okay, all right, you know, initiating the shot. That's how, how many, how many, how much percent out of the game is uh, that happening? And that's how they define the usage great percentage, obviously. But, you know, and Jokic is a completely different player than Luka. I understand that. You know, he's not a playmaker. Well, I mean, he kind of – he is, but he's not in the same sense of, you know, being a guard, right? So, there is that aspect of it. But, you know, that's just a comparison point. Um, I just think that Luka's effectivity and, you know, perhaps even his field goal percentage – would go up a little bit if he was able to lower his usage rate. And I feel like that more so would help his MVP race than usage rate and just like being more effective. And, you know, I think it would take a load off of him like as well in terms of, you know, we'll get into next is Luca's injuries, you know, last two years, you know, I mean, last year he played 65 out of 82 games Um, year before that, I believe he was in the, Oh, I know the bubble year he played like 61. Um, yeah, this year he played remember. 65. Yeah. So, and you typically MVPs are playing at least 70 games a year. So he has to get the, that. And the only, the only 70 plus game uh, in a season he had was his rookie year. His rookie year, exactly. Played 72. So, mm-hmm. so you know, given that, this, you know, Luca just lowering his usage rate slightly could significantly help his longevity in terms of his ability to play this season. And it could probably help his effectivity in terms of using him off ball. Cause I mean, I feel like he could like really be scary off ball. Like, you know, if Luke is able to, you know, set a down, down screen, you know, get a guy in like that mid mid post area where he can just kind of like go to work and work as a distributor from there. Like, you know, there's, and, you know, kind of work in the short, short role with another guard to where, Luca can catch it on the run and then find a way to swing it to a big or a, cor- a guy in the corner. Like there's just so many levels to that in terms of how that could open things up for him. And, you know, I do get the argument of usage rate being able to like, Oh wow, this guy's carrying so much of a load. He should win MVP because his usage rate is the highest. But I mean, I feel like time and time again, I don't, you know, well, 
analysts and reporters and the like may some of them may be you know kind of attuned to that i just don't necessarily agree with it and i think um history would say that you know usage rate while it is a factor it necessarily is is not a defining factor by any means in terms of who wins mvp well also from a team perspective here's this like with the current layout of how this roster's built uh let's say last year luca played 65 games out of 82 mm-hmm. um so that's what 17 games he missed could this team win at least half of those 17 games right now yeah like that i think that stands to your usage conversation oh that's true of you know like this as of, as it's built right now like this team is strictly luca right now um well yeah from the standpoint if he's not on the floor you know i'm a lot more in confident in the fact that the mavericks can win than i was last year because they don't have two uh primary shot exactly. creators anymore because you know exactly, yeah. luca was out they'd have dinwiddie and brunson you know, they were able to knock off wins in that Jazz series just because of those guys. And, you know, and uh, that also points to Christian Wood, to, you know, being able to take a step too. So True, yeah, like I guess, are, yeah. There are a lot of variables at play there, so we're just going to have to see how it pans out. But, yeah, um, you know, I think with the sort of shape that Luke is coming in to this year. True, yeah. It is promising that he's going to be able to be a little more sustainable you know, just by his way of play and how aggressive he is, he's inevitably going to miss a couple games. But could he drive that number up to 70 instead of 65 or 72, something like that? I think that um, that could hold a lot of um, water in terms of the fact that he may be able to win MVP if he's able to just play a couple more games. But, you know, like you said, um this Mavs roster is not built to win without Luca at the current moment, unless they add another playmaker. So um, the Mavs taking a big slide um, could definitely hamper his chances at MVP. If and then you know they're obviously the converse argument of that is oh well, he they were so good while he was there and so bad while he was out. But you know, record is a big play in MVP time and time again as we've seen. So do you feel like it's necessary that? necessarily a record the Mavericks have to reach or it's more so like a seed you think for Luka to get in the MVP conversation because I mean well, Denver was what the sixth or fifth seed last year six seeds yeah six seed yeah and Jokic still won it um, I think I think in this current construction of how the West really is because every team is going to be great mm-hmm. um, I think it could be kind of a record thing um you can you can make arguments for both, of course. Um, I don't know. Like it's just going to be a weird season because yeah. everybody's going to be good. There's not going to be a bad team. Whoever's going to miss the playoffs is still going to be a really good team. Um, but yeah, like I think just strictly, like I I feel like you have to do it just record standpoint because we see time year and year. Uh, like last year was kind of LeBron James. Uh, how the Lakers were just horrible, which. I I'm thankful for, but um, <laughs> LeBron played really well. Like that was their one highlight. I feel like right, uh, and he arguably could have won MVP had that team been in championship considerations. Yeah, if he had a surrounding better roster and if you know AD <laughs> played more than like five games. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, 
And also, you know, pointing back to the uh, Luca off ball thing, it's on the coaching staff to be able to involve him in these actions, whether it's, I don't know if it's an effort thing on his part or more so the coaching staff just being kind of negligent towards it. They have talked about, you know, him taking a step in terms of deferring to other players. They, you know, I don't know if that necessarily means off ball or just letting another guy go to work. But, you know, the Mavericks had both Jalen Brunson and Dinwiddie on the roster last year. And I still really don't feel like we, even in the playoffs, we saw much of Luka off ball or even towards the end of the regular season when you had a little more leniency to experiment with some stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So that's all interesting to me. But, you know, if I had to put a specific record on it, um, and I agree, I think it's more of a record thing than a seed thing. Um, But I would say... 50 wins. Okay. The Mavs are the seventh seed with 50 wins, like in the 2014 <laughs> 15 season. Then yeah. I mean, I think he could still do it, but I think he has to take, you know, this sort of slightly above average roster, at least on paper for what we have them. Uh, you know, I would kind of pencil them in as right now. If he can take the, this team to 50 wins and the current construct of this roster. I'd say that definitely puts them in the consideration. I agree. Uh, like, I have a question here. How much does free throw percentage play an effect to numbers, I guess, or like MVP considerations? Yeah, so I think it's more amplified because we're talking about Luca and because he's had struggles with it before. I think if you're talking about like Jokic or like, um, you know, any of these other guys, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, how much you showed this much on free throw. Like, they're, no, they're not going to care if it's a couple ticks off this guy versus this guy. But because Lucas had struggle uh, struggles, you know, shooting at the line before, you know, I think he was teetering in the low seventies most for the most part throughout his career. His rookie season, he may have even been under seventy. Don't quote me. You know, he's never been under seventy-one. Luca or rookie season was his worst, but yeah. But there has been a little bit of a limelight on him because of how good he is and the fact that, you know, he's a much better shooter than he shoots at the line. So because of the national media has that sort of narrative already, I think he needs to shoot around 80% or they'll they'll bring okay. up an argument, you know. That would be – let's say he does shoot 80%. This would be his first time over – I guess we can call it 76% since that 2019-20 season. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a necessary step he's going to have to take at some point in his career because I think for him to insert himself into the MP, MVP conversation, um, he's going to have to get more free throw attempts. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think Luca really needs to rekindle um, some of his just aggressiveness in that 2019-20 season. I don't know if he's just not getting calls or if, you know, his – constant complaining at refs is starting to catch up to him a little bit or if it's more so you know i do think in that season you know out coming out of his rookie season he looked in a lot better shape in the last couple off seasons with covid and everything just kind of took a toll on him you know having to do national team stuff the olympics but if he can rekindle um some of that magic from the 2019-20 season where he was you know he looked a step quicker his dribble drive game um looked like he had a quicker first step was getting to the rim a lot easier he had 562 free throw attempts that um, in 2019-20. Yeah. Um, he's only been a high 400s the last two years, so a little bit of a drop-off. And in the 2019-20 season, he only played 61 games. That's a, um, regular season-wise. So um, do you think Luca 
being able to get to the line more and in tandem shooting better on free throws, um, just being more aggressive in general is going to help out his MVP case because I feel like there have been times, you know, especially just not coming in the best of shape. It's took him a sec to, you know, in the last two seasons just for him to get a step back and be able to, you know, play with aggression through four quarters. You know, there's been a lot of times where he has tired legs in the fourth quarter and he starts settling for step back threes the whole time. Like, what do you think about that? No. Yeah. Uh, like I think the first, the last really full off season that we got to see Luca in terms of how well he looked uh, like physically was that 1920 season. And what you said, the season was only 61 games long, right? 61 games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and he played 61 of 61. Mm-hmm. And this looks to be similar in the sense of how he's looking in the offseason, how he's working out, what all we're seeing from him. Uh, so now, like, I guess reverting back, like, I really wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I know we kind of just talked about he's going to have a bigger role in everything. Uh, but just in the sense of the preparation that he's putting in before the season even starts, like, we could see some, some hot – like, this could be the highest games played in terms of Luka, uh, which in return – uh, you know, that you see him being more aggressive at the start of the season, which changes his numbers throughout the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we could see him playing more aggressive, getting to the line later in games, uh, not settling, like you said, for those step-back threes that we saw sometimes last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I think we're just going to see a more all-around aggressive Luka. Uh, that's way better, uh, what do you call it? I guess just – he just has better stamina. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree with that. And, um, you know, also, um, now I think about it, I actually, I think it was 72 games that they played in that bubble year, regular season games. So he played 61 out of 72. Um, that's still like better numbers. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, had that season, had that been a full season, I mean, he would have been on track to play 70 plus games, barring another injury. So I think that, you know, definitely gives credence to the fact that him being in better shape um, than both his rookie and sophomore years, he played more games um, because, you know, when he's, you know, comes into camp a little um, heavier per se, you know, he's not like, you know, I hate the narrative that Luke is like fat or anything like that, but we definitely, you know, have seen him enjoying his hookah and Slovenia. <laughs> I was literally just about and, to say that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, coming in, a little bigger in times past and taking a second to, you know, having to play games just to sort of get in shape and, you know, eliminating that sort of process of the first couple months of the season is really going to shift the the national narrative on him. Cause you know, I feel like he got unfairly criticized. Like he was still really good early in the season. He's just not MVP level good, you know, like, you know, he's still like a top 10 that's, player, just maybe not top that, five. Yeah. So, that's the, biggest argument i feel like per se for luca is has he put a full season together and that that's been a clear no this this could be the first year that we see that right um yeah i mean i think he really does have a chance to do that given you know health permitting um but i mean like just shedding a couple pounds as you know he's looked great in some of these offseason photos so far just in terms of you know you can actually see some atonement on his muscles. He looks leaner, but, you know, still strong. Um, not like he'll, he's just going to come in and get pushed around. Then he just lost a, a ton of weight. Like, you know, he's looking in a lot. 
just a lot better shape in general. And that's really encouraging, you know. Uh, he did go party with Shaq recently, apparently. Um, Shaq said on his podcast that uh, Luka and Dragic hooked him up with a mansion in, in like this island in Croatia. Because like Shaq was going to stay at a hotel and all this stuff. And Luka's like, no, I got you. And I'm bringing the hookah. And <laughs> and he, they hooked him up at a mansion. And apparently it was, it was a lit party, apparently. And I saw like, you know, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, Shaq was like DJing with Luka. Oh, and they, they were doing the, the free throw or the follow through. Oh, yeah, they were doing the follow through. <laughs> that's, that's like when every, um, like when every sports player gets to the club and they don't know what they want to do in terms of their dance. So they just like, they start doing like sports moves, <laughs> like these football players, like, you know, like Dak, for instance, would just go in there and do his little like pregame shuffle thing that he does. I just thought that was real funny. But anyhow, um, no, you know, I Luca's always going to be the type of player to enjoy himself. You know, he's not he's a laid back, fun type of dude. But there has to be a point where, you know, and veterans, you know, like JJ Brea said this. I think Goran's kind of implied this with some of the quotes he said. Luca has to get to the point in his career where, you know, basketball is completely at the forefront um, at all times. And that's not to say he can't have fun every once in a while. I mean, it's human nature to do that. But, you know, he has to get to a point where he's taking care of his body and that's, you know, at a complete premium. And, you know, he won't go, you know, won't just have, I don't know what, you know, specifically his diet is, but won't just have a, you know, cheat days and partying like days on end because it's especially as he gets older, that would really is really going to add up on him. You know, while he's younger, he can sort of get away with some of that stuff. But as he starts to, keep going in his career that sort of stuff is not going to treat his body as well and you know i i think this this offseason is definitely a step step in the right direction he's looking in real good shape right now and i'm excited to see him uh playing euro basket here um coming it's september in, right uh, august actually oh really okay yeah no, well, that'll I'm, be I'm really funny yeah it's we're, we're going to be covering those games all up here on a uh, mainstream mass podcast of course but I'm really excited to see that just to see, you know, because there's been a little gap since the FIBA World Qualifier um, games. And I'm really going to be excited to see if he can, you know, if he just let himself go for a month or if he's still maintaining good shape. And, you know, if he is and he's still looking in really good shape, then I'm going to be really excited for the season because, you know, at that point, it's not like he can really get himself out of shape. I mean, there's only about a couple of weeks still training camp until after the, um, the uh, FIBA games in. So, you know, that's, that's definitely exciting for me. Um, do you have any other thoughts on that? No. Yeah. Like going, cause yeah. What, uh, I don't, I don't know when training camp starts. Do you know when it does? I believe mid September. I don't know the exact date though. Okay. Well, yeah, but either way, like the FIBA qualifiers, they're going to last what I think two weeks probably. Well, that, I mean, there was those were just like the qualifiers what they just played, but this is going to be like the actual like tournament. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, that's why I think it's like two or three weeks. So. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, like he's not going to really have time. Like, of course, you can get out of shape within a week, but yeah. he's not going to have time to put on weight. No. Uh, yeah. So it's not going to take long. And yeah, like you know, we're going to be covering those games, of course. So it'll be 
cool to see the progress because uh, you know it seems like he's taking care of his body it seems like he's putting in the work and taking care right uh, and just yeah like i said just taking care of his body yeah um you know we're gonna see that payoff in people qualifiers and then hopefully see that payoff and some uh training camp videos and then end of the regular season oh yes the the ever hyped um dallas yeah. Mavericks, uh <laughs> team team uh instagram training camp videos you, you, love you know it. it's funny because i feel like the season has literally just ended like last week but we're we're approaching quickly oh no yeah it's it's coming up on us here um i don't know there's like sometimes where i'm like damn like it seems like forever ago we were in the western conference finals and jalen brunson's gone and there's sometimes i was like oh wow we just seemed like we were playing basketball the other day and the nba season it's finally like fully on schedule, you know, all the COVID um, date mishaps and all that stuff. They had to barrel through to get fully on schedule. They're fully on schedule now. So it feels natural, like having July and August as the dog days of the off season versus like September and October. Yeah, that was weird. So that was a little wacky there. But yeah, I mean, we're not saying here that Luca is just inherently screwed and you know, has a losing menta- mentality and is always going to be out of shape. Like, no, he can definitely do this. And I think he wants to win really bad. And I do think like basketball is at the forefront of everything he does. I mean, he's very passionate. If you just see this guy play, I just think, you know, he's a guy who likes to have fun and um, you know, we're seeing him take a step this year. Um, it's only going to help him. I mean, he has a solid frame. This is only going to help his athleticism, his speed going forward. Who knows the levels he could reach. I mean, you know, I'm not saying Luke is ever going to be some all-star defender or anything, but I mean, him being, you know, more quicker and explosive and more conditioned, you know, exactly, a couple yeah. seasons from now, he could be an above average defender. Like that's right just going to be wonders like, even this year. Yeah. I mean, I'd say like right now, if you watched any games, you know, a lot of national people knock him and this and that, but I'd say he's at least an average defender. Um, so, I, you know, that that argument's kind of redundant to me. But, um, you know, he's already has great defensive instincts. You know, if you watch him, he's always active and getting in passing lanes and things of that nature. So, you know, I think Luca's on-ball defense could vastly improve. You have in a couple seasons of, you know, good conditioning. But he's going to have to put in the work. And he's going to, you know, have to evaluate the sort of how much, you know, he lets himself go in the offseason, how much – he works at his conditioning and his shape and things of that nature. But exactly. this, this offseason, what's came out, the pitchers have looked very promising so far. And, you know, like I said, Luca can get away with this. If Luca comes in terrible shape the next, like, even like three off seasons, I think he'll be fine. Once he starts getting closer to 30, though, that's when you'll see it catch up. So, yeah, that's those are just our thoughts on that right now. But I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing. Uh, thus far in terms of his shape he's looked um, really good and excited to see him play um, this August so lastly before we go ahead and end the pod we're going to go ahead and get into Luca MVP odds so per NBA.com what were the uh, MVP odds um, for this this up real quick yeah okay um all right so Luca and Joel Embiid are tied as the highest odds maker being listed at over 550, uh, with Giannis just behind them at 700. Um, 
And then here's a big one. Jokic, two-time MVP, of course, uh, listed at 1,200 and 1,300. Just yeah. from those numbers alone. I mean, again, it's only odds. Like, this is betting, so you don't know if it's going to come true or not. Uh, but it, it seems like Vegas, FanDuel, what, however you want to uh, section it off as, they, they have Luca. And honestly, Joel, like really high up there. Uh, I believe even um, Jason Tatum was at 1,500 to win MVP. So, yeah. So, I mean, just like, you know, MVP and betting odds on MVP are, is always going to be conducive to like history. Like, you know, like Jokic isn't going to have as high of odds. Giannis isn't going to have as high of odds because they're both like two time MVPs. Joel and Luca, they're going to think, oh, they're more hungry. You know, more people obviously are going to bet on them because they haven't won it before, things of that nature. And MVP has always been a little favoritism in terms of, like, picking guys who haven't won before. Um, so there's that. Um, but, you know, he is tied with Joel Embiid for the best odds to win MVP this year. Um, so just looking at a brief uh, look at the betting scope, you know, just the way he's playing in shape, you know, I wouldn't put it past him, especially – depending on where he can put this Mavs team, you know, seating and record-wise. Um, Jaron, you know, last thing I'm going to ask you before we go ahead and end the pod. Um, on a scale from 1 to 10, what do you think the odds are Luka wins MVP this year? 1 to 10. Yeah. No elaboration, just straight-up answer. <laughs> this is going to be very dull. I'm going to put 60%. So 6 out of 10? Yeah, 6 out of 10. Yeah, I think I'll answer so, in that six to seven range, which I will say is a lot more confident than a lot of the guys on that list because, I mean, MVP is just – especially pre – you know, taking an MVP before the season even starts is, you know, you're you're throwing a stick in the wall. No, that was a terrible analogy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I said that the exact opposite. Um, well, like yeah. – I have no idea what Joel Embiid is looking like this offseason, his progression or anything. I have no idea what he's looking like. Um, I guess it would kind of determine on what he's looking like, but yeah, I, I, I mean, saw him you know, he has Harden on his team. It's going to depend on how, you know, how, uh, Harden's apparently supposed, supposedly going to be more assertive next year, all this stuff that's coming out. So that, that, you know, Luca doesn't have a co star next to him. So that automatically, I think, helps his case a little bit. At the same mean? time, he does need a load taken off of him to, you know, drive you up his effectiveness. Yeah, he does. What do you What do you mean? Oh, well, who, who's we the got, we got Jaden Hardy? What do you mean? Oh yeah, yeah. my, my, my <laughs> bad, my bad, my bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> all right, but, but the, the analogy I was trying to make, um, go, it, <laughs> I I still don't know how to stage this necessarily um because my brain is just completely blanking right now but you know picking an uh then an mvp before the season starts is essentially like um shooting a full court shot i don't know like you just gotta it's really just it's so narrative based and things are going to change at all times during the season trying to you know, pinpoint what exactly is going to happen amidst all the injuries and everything and trades that happen throughout the NBA season. It's just like really hard to do, but you know, I, 
I, I feel like Luca. I, I, that's why you know to bring it up. Like I feel like a six to seven, you know, out of ten odds, in our opinion, that Luca could win MVP is better than basically everybody on that list, in my opinion. Yeah. Before I feel we like wrap he has up. less variables to counter. No, exactly. A lot of the other guys do in terms of like them having like, you know, co-stars on their roster that could negate some of their, you know, solo production, things of that nature. Yeah. Okay. Before we wrap it up, let me replace your analogy with this perfect analogy okay i could so, go ahead finding finding the mvp before the season even starts just imagine it close your eyes imagine it okay you're unless if you're driving uh you're you're blindfolded okay there's a bucket with 20 apples in it 19 oh, of them are good. red apples one is green and you have to bob it out and get the one green apple oh that's, that's good that's good that's a good one look at me go yeah <laughs> Man, I mean, that's like – that's like such a simple analogy, too. It's like um, – it's just like the typical, like, oh, you know, splitting an arrow analogy. Like, what are the odds? Now? It's like one of the what are the odds analogy, and I still think <laughs> yeah. something. So, you know, that shows my sort of uh, brain power, and that shows exactly why we are so smart and intelligent and basketball exactly. savvy and why you should subscribe to us. Um, rate us five stars on uh, wherever you get podcasts on apple Podcasts, on spotify um and you know if you made it this far in the episode you guys are real ones um you guys are part of the bobon bombers and you know what that's something i just did make up on spot i like that i like that (laughs) even though bobon's not on the team he still has an honorary place in our hearts of course anyways you guys have a good one this is mainstream Mavs signing out peace